0: See, they just don't make them like they used to, which is why Carolina Classic Cars is your one-stop shop for everything classic. Check out our showroom just off Highway 64 near Ashboro, or hop on our website at thecarolinaclassiccars.com. Carolina Classic Cars, let's go for a ride.
1: Welcome to Crash Radio, sponsored by Carolina Classic Cars on WKXR 94.9 FM. Crash Radio is created by Rhino Leap Productions a company producing theater, music, dance, and documentaries in North Carolina. Every episode of Crash Radio focuses on local musicians, writers, and storytellers sharing their work in front of live audiences in Ashboro, North Carolina. The content is then edited for broadcast. This episode was recorded live at the Table Farmhouse Bakery and Cafe.
2: The Table offers locally sourced food in a warm, welcoming environment. For my daughter Dusty, the table is a symbol of acceptance, of sharing, and of fellowship. That's why she and her team are committed to bringing that symbol to our community in order to strengthen friendships and neighboring businesses alike and to offer the highest quality food we can find. Come join us for a meal at downtown Ashboro, or if you'd like an event catered, you can find information on the website at thetablefarmbakery.com. And at the table, there's always room for one more.
1: Our first guest is Lelania Harrington. Lelania is a professor at UNC Greensboro, where she also lives. Along with her music and work as an educator, she is an actor on many North Carolina stages, a poet, and an activist. Lelania has a BA in psychology from Princeton University, an MA in communication from UNC Chapel Hill, and her PhD in education from UNCG.
2: Billie Holiday's iconic, right? Iconic sound, um, tragic end to her life, um, as happened to so many black artists. Um, So um, I just am thankful. I'm thankful that we had those years um, from her creatively, and I'm thankful for her spirit. Um, I often feel like she with me sometimes. All I know is i'm in love with you even though you say that we are through i know without your love i just can't go on i wonder where. You'd love me more and more I never dreamed you'd ever let me go I know without your love I just can't go on I wonder where our love has gone Now what did I do and what did I say that ever could lead you to treat me this way? If I've been untrue, I'm ready to pay. But darling, if that's not enough, I'll do anything you say darling please wherever you may be hear my plea and hurry home to me i know without your love i just can't go on i wonder where i love
1: Our next guest is Luke Gregson. Born and raised in Sophia, North Carolina, Luke teaches high school English at Uari Charter Academy. As a writer, he loves noir detective stories from reading the books his dad read as he was growing up. Luke is also a musician and is working on his first book.
0: Hey, y'all. Um, my name's Luke. Uh, I am from Sophia, North Carolina, and I'm an English teacher, and I write crime fiction. So... Um, It's a little bit heavy. Uh, My wife even said last night, she's like, it's a bummer, but it's good. (laughs) Um, But that's all I know how to write. Um, I grew up on cheap Elmore Leonard novels and I love it. So this is my spin on that. Uh, This is an excerpt of a story that I wrote called Mercury. Um, so it's only part of it, but killing a judge is no different than killing any other man. He kept telling himself that, doing some bargaining with his creator as he cradled a heavy revolver in quaking hands. The boy is young, acne-scarred and gray-eyed, a cut-off Motley Crue t-shirt draped loosely on a wiry and restless, restless frame, all vigor and hate. He traces the Warren Smith & Wesson emblem on the handle of the gun and fixes his gaze inside. The judge in question he could see from the pollen-filmed window of his stolen ride. The car the boy sat in was colored pea green, branded by metastasized rust. It had been waiting for its driver in the sun, kudzu forming an altar of vine over its hood. Both the car and the sidearm were his father's. His, until his honor inside the package store had put him away. A long time, forever long. His dad had killed a man outside a Double wide. 12-gauge blasts punctured the night, and he found himself with a murder charge. All over pills and women, you know, but mostly the pills. There wasn't much lead-up to the shooting, and maybe there never is. The boy pushed the door into the wood-paneled room of the liquor store and leveled the burdensome gun on the startled judge. He pulled the trigger all the way through the click, just like his dad had taught him. The suited man grasped at his throat, turned and fell face first into an end cap of cheap booze. The judge lay splayed and eating tile. Blood met with glass, and the trickling brooks of Budweiser cascading from the bottom shelf, soaking him even in his parting breaths. It's funny what goes to your mind after pulling that trigger. The blast had snatched all air out of the room, choking the two remaining inhabitants with cordite and death's musk. And all that hushed clamor, he ran, boy. He ran like hell to the car. Sorry, Mom leaving the shell-shocked clerk huddled and reaching under the counter. As the boy ran, he thought of his grandmother, his father, smudged tattoos and stoley and sun cans. A shot, like a firecracker, popped behind him, and he felt the round pass through his gut. Heaving himself into the car, blood spray like a crimson pollock over his shirt, a pool spilling into the bowl of his lap. The searing fire of the wound, through the searing fire of the wound, he put the old mercury in drive. And then the dark came on. Obsidian folded in on itself, and he got ate up by memory. In the dim of his mind, he sees his grandmother, the woman who raised him. She sits still, barely sentient and a lazy boy, watching the stained filter of her cigarette bathe in the ash of a coffee mug. Stacks of empty Cherokee smokes amassed on the floor beside her. One hundreds, the long ones. Emblazoned on the packaging was the portrait of a Cherokee chieftain, or a white man's approximation. Looked like Paul Newman donning a feathered headdress, proud and stoic and peddling poison. There was no convincing her that all of these things, the cigarettes, the nitrates, and the smiling televangelist on her TV screen were all pushing her closer yep. to an end. He brought her paper sacks of chopped barbecue every night after a shift at the smokehouse, vinegar and grease making the bag translucent at its bottom. He'd put their supper away and sit down beside her, sinking into the ratty couch. They would sit and broil in silence mostly, a tuned-up imports motor whining like a weed-eater in the distance, preacher man on the TV droning on about sinners, reprobates, and the promise of a new covenant, dancing and shouting like a man on fire, a paltry weasel in a cheap suit. She sent damp checks and old envelopes to the church a million miles away from here, a place she had never and would never go. God might be there, Maybe with Jesus, if he ever did live. Hell, maybe the Holy Ghost even tagged along. But one thing he knew without question was that this damn trailer park in nowhere in North Carolina sure wasn't heaven, and the Godhead would never come here. Except maybe the ghost, to find communion with the other spirits like him. And there were plenty of them here too, boy. Lost souls felled by bullet wounds and drink. He reckoned that soon he would become one of them souls too, humming along with the forgotten and electric dead. He envisioned the day he would meet her in his ghastly form, accept her coffee when, she, when he walked in, his translucent and cursed figure rendering the room cold and unremembered. My, he's such a wonderful man of God, she would say, reciting scripture in harmony with the preacher, as the cold, digital glow of the screen washed over him. Further on in the gloaming in the boy's eye, he sees his father hunched below the top bunk of a dank prison cell. In the father, we see the son, face like tree bark, marred by chemical burn, etching of the lumpy medicine wheel clumsily filled in with greasy needles on the back of his neck. The letters N-D-N overlay the wheel, As boys, we see our fathers as gods living amongst mortals. In time, they are drawn as stark, complicated figures standing in our way. Down the road, most hope to regard their old man as a friend. The wounded teenager hauling ass away from a crime scene is not sure he saw his father as any of these abstract characters, but a drifter wandering through his life. He remembers as a child his father taking him for the day. One of those rare days, took him down to the beach, gliding on blacktop, flanked by seas of tobacco fields to get there. He sat and pierced the ocean with a hollowed-out stare like it was the edge of the world. His father passed out beside him in a malt liquor reverie.
1: Once again, Lelania Harrington.
2: Honey, there's a funny feeling round my heart. And it's bound to drive your mama wild. It must be something they call the Cuban doll. Is one your mama, angel child? I went to see the doctor the other day. He said, as well as well can be. But I said, doctor, you don't know. Really what's worrying me? I wanna be somebody's baby doll So I get my loving all the time I wanna be somebody's baby doll He can be ugly, he can be black. So long as he gives me the rock and ball the jack, I wanna be somebody's baby doll. So I get my loving all the time. I mean, so I get my loving. All the time
1: Mm. Thank you for listening to Crash Radio here on WKXR 94.9 FM Sponsored by Carolina Classic Cars and produced by Rhino Leap Productions